0: Uh, kind of re-jumping into the 10, the 10 commandments. And we've gone through the first four and the 10 commandments are broken into really two sections. And it's not five and five, as you might think. It's really four and six. And, And the first four, if you remember this, we talked about, are all about loving God. So it's this like vertical relationship that you have. If you remember um, the beginning of the year, we went through this series called the Jesus Creed. You remember this? Raise your hand if you remember this. Yeah, yeah, good, good, okay. If you weren't here for that, here's what's cool. It's all online. You can go online, our website or even YouTube and uh, and find it all and kind of get caught up. And the Jesus Creed is this. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so he says there's really two parts. There's loving God and there's loving people, loving your neighbor. The first four commandments are all about your relationship with God and and what that looks like. And we went through uh, all four of those. Uh, Now we're jumping into the, the horizontal, like what does it mean to now love your neighbor what does it mean to to now how, like how is how are you supposed to interact with other people and in society and and just in in relationship? And so, commandment five through ten is all about is all about relationship. In fact, commandment five kind of acts as a transition between the two. Here it is, commandment number five: Honor your father and your mother. There it is. Now, we're going to look at this, and, and let me just preface this by saying a few things. Uh, this is one of those topics, whenever you talk about family, this is one of the topics that gets, um, that, that, that gets different responses. Some people, you may be like, yeah, I, let's go, I'm ready. Others of us, like, squirm because your family situation is not maybe what you hoped it would be or wanted to be. It's not ideal. And here's the thing, ready? I'm looking around at all of you. Okay, I've, I've seen all of you. Good. None of you have a perfect family. I just decided that. I looked around and I could tell by looking at you. You, you do not have a perfect family. And if you are a parent, I'm looking at you, you have messed up your children in, in a way that only you can. <laughs> you, have, you have done a real good job creating pain for them later on in life. And, and here's the thing. Kids, here's the thing. Ready? So if you don't have children yet, you still maybe are living at home, one day you'll grow up right you you become an adult and and you then get to decide the kind of life that you want and and if you are so blessed to have kids of your own guess what you're going to ruin your kids like that's just how it works right so so this topic is is it speaks to the ideal, but there's in every time we talk about parenting or family, there's always the like, yeah, but what about my situation or what about this or what am I supposed to do with this? And, and it will be impossible to touch on every single like, ver, like variation of family. But that being said, I will try. And so regardless of like where you are in your stage of life, I'm hoping that you walk away saying, okay. I feel like God is calling me to, a, to this thing or to, he's challenging me to do this or to be like this or to think like this. So, so let's talk about parenting. Parent, becoming a parenting is one of the most most fantastically terrifying events ever. If, if you have children, if you've been so blessed to have children, um, you know this. And so, especially like the first time, right, You your wife gets pregnant and, and uh, you know, if you, the ladies, if the first time, if you remember the first time you were pregnant and, and you get pregnant and you're so excited and, uh, and you can't wait. And, and every, again, Already, I've touched on a messy subject because not every pregnancy is ideal or like pregnancy is hard. Some, some people, like they, they, they tried so long to get pregnant and can't and can't and can't and others don't want to try and they get pregnant and it's like how, like this seems so unfair and I get it. And here's what happens. You get pregnant, right? Whether you want to or not or you try to or, you know, like for us and our first child, he um, was a surprise, In fact, I don't know if I should, my wife's not here. We'll put the second service online. Um, Three of our four children were surprises. Did you know that? Here's what my wife said. My wife says it like this, and I I tell her when she says this, I have to correct her. She says, Brandon, uh, do you realize, just, just word for word what she said, do you realize three of our four children were unplanned pregnancies? And I said, honey, unplanned pregnancy means something else. It doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> Unplanned pregnancy is not what we, we had surprises. Like, like, like and and like so, all right. So we had we had three surprises, but here's the deal. I remember, and if you had children, you remember this too. The first time you go to the hospital and there's two of you, and there's three of you, but you know, two of you are in one spot and the other one's in the other. And and then, and then you, you go through this process and go through labor and, and like, gentlemen, it's so hard. I understand I was there and it's, it's really, it's like my wife squeezed my hand so hard, you guys, like the pain. And so I, I asked the doctor for drugs and they didn't allow it, but it was hard. It was hard for me to do this. And, and, and you go through this process, right? And the baby and your child's born and, and you know, you're there for your wife. And I'm like, man, she's going through it because you know the, my, our first time, the no epidural is like not intentional. It just happened. And like, she's going through it. And I'm like, man, I want this to end. But also then there's a child and you're going like, I don't even know who to look at or who to talk to or, or like what I'm supposed to do. And so like, I'm gonna go to the baby. And, then, and, and it's amazing. And then, and then there's three of you. And here's what's so cool, is that there's nurses paid to do all the work for you. If you're for your, in the hospital. And then and then it's terrifying. I remember this moment. I remember this moment thinking like, wow, this is, I, I remember being in a hospital going, this isn't so hard. What, I don't understand why people are, you know, like, I think I had like a Chipotle burrito. And I'm like, this is like, oh, like, this is, parenting's easy, you guys. And then, and then they go and they check your car seat and they're like, all right, now you go home. Okay, but, Which one of you nurses comes with us? (laughs) What do you mean? Just like you just go home, and now it's your job, it's your job to raise this child and to legally keep them alive. (laughs) Like we have to figure this out, and it's terrifying. There's no book, and and all of a sudden you're like trying to figure out from your parents what do you do and how do you do this? And you have to, it's all on the job training, all of it. You're never prepared, you're never ready to say, All right, I've read every book there is. It doesn't matter. It's like driving. I've read all the books. Until you actually drive the car, you don't know what it's like to drive. And, and, and it's, it's amazing. And then, and then as if that wasn't like hard enough, I heard one pastor say, it's your behavior, not your advice that kids decide if they want to follow. Okay, so now there's pressure. It isn't just like, hey, here's all the right things. Do as I say. It's, it's what they're looking at is, do I want to do as you do? I heard you say that, but, but do I want the kind of life that you have, Dad? Do I want to live the kind of way that you do, Mom? All of a sudden, that is terrifying. Your children get to decide if they want to mimic and live the kind of life you do or if they don't. And, and, and the decision is not yours. It's not your decision. It's theirs to decide when they grow up if they want to have the same values and life that you do. As if that wasn't enough, the parent-child relationship also shapes every other relationship in your life. It helps form you and your, how you interact with other people from the earliest age up until adulthood, you are learning how to relate with other people based on your interaction and your relationship with your parents. And and if it's a good relationship, they're teaching you good things. And if it's, if it's really a struggle and negative and hard, then you learn like really negative, uh, like patterns and behaviors and struggle. And, and, and it's, It's the reason why so many children will often repeat the same sins as the parents because guess where they're learning from? The parents. And and this like generation cycle continues because this is such a strong bond. The parent-child relationship is easily the strongest, certainly growing up, the strongest relationship you have, both in positive and negative. It can help influence the child for good and it can help like really, really like frustrate and anger their heart. And not only that, it is the only, it, listen, it is the only guaranteed lifelong relationship in your life. It's the only one. And, 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 and before, you know, like some of us go like, well, I'm, I'm married too. Yes, yes, you are married. And, and we pray and hope, and I hope that you hope that it lasts for a lifetime. And the goal is that you, one, one man, one woman for one life, wonderful, but it doesn't always end up that way. And we have met a number of people here who have, who have come from divorced families or are divorced themselves. And, and again, every situation is different and it can be messy and I get it, but here's the deal, ready? Regardless of your parents' marital status, that's still mom. That's still dad. My parents are divorced and they're remarried, and, and so they're not uh, together, certainly. They're with other people. And guess what? They didn't cease to be my mom. Dad didn't cease to be my dad. They could be on multiple marriages, and guess what? For life, that's still mom, and that's still my dad. It is a lifelong relationship. And and again, it can be really difficult. It can be wonderful and a blessing, or it can be difficult and it can be estranged. And I I get that there's a lot of relationships in here that probably fit that category, but that doesn't mean that they aren't your child, your son or daughter, or that they aren't your mom or your dad. It is a lifelong relationship. Okay, now, given the gravity of of the relationship of the parent-child, it's no wonder that it makes God's top 10 that this relationship is that important that, that the, the, the 10 things that he wants everyone to know includes this parent-child relationship. Here's what we see in Exodus chapter 20. You, uh, the Lord is giving Moses the 10 commandments and it says this in verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This would be the promised land that he is promising them. But this applies to us, that, that, that you honor your father and your mother. Now, I, I, I reading through this this past week and, and looking at commentators, nearly all of them, at least the, ones that, the, the number that I've read, they all make mention of the fact that God doesn't say, now, listen, I don't take this the wrong way, but this is, this is true. God doesn't say, love your father and your mother. He says, honor them. Now, now don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is, oh, I don't have to love my parents anymore. No, that's not, the, that's not what this is. Of course you love your parents. But even, listen, this is hard. Even if you have an estranged relationship and you're like, but you don't understand my parents' situation, how can I love that I can't love them? what has happened and what they did? You know what You know what you're still required to do? Whether love is present or not is honor. to honor your parents, regardless of how you feel in the moment. This, doesn't, this isn't a get out- of- jail free card. Oh, I don 't have to love them anymore. No, 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 Of course you love your parents. But even if love isn't there and it's a difficult relationship, we're called to honor you aren't called to honor your father and your mother if you agree with your father and mother it doesn't say honor your father and mother if you like your father and mother honor your father and mother if they make good decisions if they don't you're off the hook there's there there are no outs in this honor your father and mother this is why this commandment uh, some say is probably maybe one of the hardest of the commandments because it's so personal And it can be so painful, this relationship. Yet we're called to honor. This commandment serves as a bridge from the first four to the final five, uh, primarily because it's usually, again, in an ideal situation, it is the parent's job to instruct the children about the Lord. That, that, That the first four commandments should be instructed and taught by the parents to the children. And so this is a how to love God, by loving and honoring your parents and parents honoring and loving and instructing your children. The key, though the times have changed and, and honor seems to be a suggestion, maybe not even a suggestion, honor is, seems to be like, like one of those things that you don't even think about or is so old-fashioned and honor, honor. That's like, that's like from like the, the, the olden days, right? Honor, no, no, no. Who, who honors anyone anymore? Times have changed and, and Israel, ancient Israelites, they placed great value and, and, and on family and respect for their elders. Parents were revered as being the, the, the pillars of the family and in wisdom and stability and guidance and, and the honor-shame culture is a big deal. And in other parts of the world today, it is a big deal. For, for us in the West, we don't think of honor in terms of honor and shame we think in terms of personal happiness and fulfillment versus everyone else. But in many other cultures, what what brings fulfillment is honor. The best thing you could do is bring honor to your family. The worst thing you could do is bring shame. And this is the culture that they're they're raised in. And and, and even though times have changed, this commandment still stands, that you and I are to honor the key to biblical parenting is honor. So let's say this. How your family practices honor will determine the kind of family you have. No one talks about this when you're in the hospital and you're taking home a child. I'm guessing maybe even your parents probably didn't even talk as overtly about this as we are this morning. Of just how important honor is and 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 that. The way your family interacts with and practices and teaches and, 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 and experiences honor will determine the kind of family you have. So if you are raised in a family in which you're taught and, and, and you're, like, your goal is everyone to honor each other, even when things are difficult and hard and there's fighting and disagreement, in the end, no, no, no. Remember, we wanna honor each other. I know you don't like your brother right now because of what he said or did, but that doesn't mean he isn't your brother, or that she isn't your sister, or that you're not my child. We still practice honoring each other. And what would honor in this situation mean? What would this require? Probably I need to say I'm sorry. Yeah, probably in a different tone too. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were raised in in a home where it's nothing but dishonor, guess what? Guess what? I can guarantee you it will be a dysfunctional home. That if what is experienced by the children is seeing mom dishonor dad, dad dishonor mom, dishonor each other and dishonor the kids and dishonor, the, what do you know? That the children also dishonor each other and that, and that when, when they get out of the house, it's a fractured family. And a lot of us come from those homes too. You understand. You know what it's like. How your family practices honor will determine the kind of family you have. So what is honor? What does it mean to honor someone? To honor someone is this, Ready? is to communicate how much you value and respect them not by what you say that's easy right cheapest talk cheapest talk talk is cheap that's <laughs> to honor someone is to communicate how much you value and respect them by what you do by how you treat them it's not lip service it's not saying all the right things. It's doing the things that values and honors and respects them. We could say it this way. Your level of honor communicates your level, level of value. Your level of honor communicates your level of value. If you value highly your parents, you show that by honoring them, by respecting them. If you, if you value your children, you honor them. And, and if you value your spouse, you show it with honor. In fact, instances of dishonor actually reveal our heart's level of lack of value. When you dishonor someone, you're saying, you aren't valuable enough for me to treat with respect. So, I will treat you with disrespect. It communicates value. And you know this to be true because if you've ever been on the receiving end, you know. You know what disrespect and dishonor feels like. And it feels like they think you're worthless because you'll even say that language because you understand it communicates value. Honoring is a choice. It's a decision. It's not a feeling, which is why it's so important. Love and like and like the emotion can wane in the moment, but this does not. This is a choice I will honor regardless of how I feel. So let's start with children. We're gonna start with children and then we'll move to adults because this this commandment is not what you think it is. It includes what you think it does, but it also speaks to something else that is very different. And I think will be a light bulb moment and and will probably, like, I hope, will change some of our, our relationships with our parents. So we'll start with children. Children honor their parents by obeying them. So when you're in the home, the way you honor mom and dad is by obeying mom and dad. I value you, mom, by doing what you say now. Now, I don't know of any children who are uh, emotionally mature enough to speak this way. You will, if you have children, or if you're planning on having children, um, they will not come to you and say, Mother, I honor you so much that I will obey what you like, even though I disagree. You are welcome. I'm going to my room now. Like, no, no child says that. But but this, this is what they are to be shown and to be taught, not as a, not as a, a weapon or, uh, or a, or an ultimatum, do this or else the Bible says you're supposed to obey me, but rather, Hey, part of the, part of the way that you value mom and dad, like I'll have this conversation with my kids and I do it on behalf of my wife. So I don't do it to me. I don't say like, you need to obey me or else, but I'll say, Hey, this really hurt mom when you said, or did this thing. Now, if you really value and honor mom, Here's what this looks like. I think you need to think about maybe how you want to respond to make that relationship right again. You see how honor plays into this? And now the child gets taught and shown, okay, the issue is not the issue. The issue is I dishonored or disrespected mom or dad or sister. And the goal then is to help restore the relationship by obeying mom or dad in this moment. Children are to obey their parents. That's how they honor them. Ephesians, Paul writes this. Ephesians chapter six. Children, kids now specifically, those living in the home, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then he quotes this very commandment. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. He gives a little insight. This is the first one that, that God actually gives a promise. And here it is. So that it may, it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And he quotes Deuteronomy's, like the quote of, the, of this particular commandment. And so Paul says, children, here's what you do. Ready? You obey mom and dad. That's how you live out this commandment. Great. We hear that and we say, amen. Amen. In fact, some of you might have pulled your kids out of the youth ministry today so that they could hear me say that. <laughs> hey, I want you in church today. Why, why today? Eh, no reason, just come on in. Whatever the topic is, we'll just listen together. And, and, and what you want is for me to say, children, obey your parents. So listen, children, obey your parents. Now, parents, you're not off the hook. Don't think that that is the, the end of this passage or the, or the comment on this topic. The very next verse says this, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training, the discipline, correction, and instruction of the Lord. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about discipleship in the home, and we talked about how this is, primarily this is fathers now, your job. It isn't a matter of like, all right, kids, obey your parents. You have to obey me. All right, now, listen, if, if we're going to apply that verse, which I think you should, then, then mom, dad, families, you get to apply the next verse, which is this, fathers. Don't exasperate your children. Don't cause them to become angry. Don't don't instill in them a level of, of bitterness in how you treat them, but instead raise them in the counsel and instruction of the Lord. That's no easy task, but that is the job of father. And if father's not in the home, it goes to mother and it goes to whoever the adult is. This is not a matter of like kids obey me or else. This is kids obey As this honors the Lord, and my job is to help instruct you in the Lord. To help show you what it means to love God, to love others. Instead of provoking your child to anger, we're supposed to instruct and counsel. I've seen this happen so many times. So many times, and I'm going to guess it's true in this room that there are families with children who are maybe high school age, maybe right at the cusp of leaving and they can't wait to get out of the home so they don't have to listen to mom or dad anymore, that they can make their own decisions, live their own life. And we know this is true because anywhere between 60 and 80% of church kids leave the faith once they graduate high school. Once they get out of the home, they're like, I'm done, peace out. Mom, dad, thanks for everything, but your religion is not going to be my religion. And as much as we want to blame the children, listen. You had 18 years with them. You had 18 years to help prepare them and instruct them and train them. And if they if they go south, it's their decision, absolutely. But let's not pretend that we don't have some ownership. We do. It's, this is why we, take, we should take parenting so seriously that this, this, this command to honor and to instruct and counsel is so key. So let's talk about three ways to raise your children, two wrong and one right. The first is this. And, and, and if this, we've, I've seen parenting in the church on, on both ends of this kind of this pendulum. The first is this. Discipline. Without love, I've had to, I was a youth pastor for uh, over a decade and, and I, one of the jobs that I hated but was mandated to do was to report instances of abuse and I wish I could say it never happened. And, and I, I, had, I had far too many stories of having to call authorities about situations in the home from youth group kids and that was this, discipline without love. We could call this abusive. That this is this is rampant. I, I I saw this this past week. I'm picking up my kids from uh, from middle school, and in the parking lot is as we're leaving, a dad berating his child and swearing at the top of his lungs, yelling and pointing to the point where everyone else sees this. And, and I'm looking at this situation, going, "Man, okay. and the kid is just taking it in." cowering. It's, it's the situation you would expect. It's what you see in a movie. I drive by, and I realize, oh, great. I know this dad. This is a soccer dad. I love sports dads. They are so mild. And, <laughs> and he's yelling, and every swear word you can imagine, and telling, and this. And I drive by, and of course... I can't ever keep my mouth shut. It's why my wife doesn't let me out. I come to church on Sunday, and then I'm locked at home. And I said, hey, man, is everything okay? And he calmed down and waved at me and was like, hey, man, we're good. I said, okay, just checking because it seems like it's getting tense." I'm fine. All right. I drove off. I'll see him again. I know I will. And it'll be one of those, hey, just, just check it in. And, and I'm instantly, you know, this kid has a Difficult home life. That's what happened in public, right? This happens. It's discipline without love. We say we love, but this is just do this or else. It's this mentality. They will do what I ask because I'm in charge. I'm the boss. It's listen. It's it's my way or the you are okay. Look, it, I'm I'm talking to a bunch of you. This is you. You know this. You know the saying. And you, and, and you may have been told this, or maybe you have said this. Hey, my house, my rules. Once you get your house, you make your own rules. And guess what? They will, and they won't be your rules. This is how we scar our children. When we say, my house, my rules. I'm the boss, do this or else. And they say, all right, I'll do it until I'm 18. And then I choose or else. All right. This mentality has a fear. All of these have a fear. This mentality has a fear of being disrespected by your child. The worst thing your child could do is to disrespect me. And so I'll make sure they never, never have the chance to do that. This, this is discipline without love. The other side, the other pendulum swings and and guess what this is? Love without discipline. And this isn't abusive. This is the opposite. This is permissive this is you can do whatever you want these are the homes that have few if any rules these are the these are the homes that i'll speak candidly as a parent these are the homes that i don't want my kid regularly frequently being a part of i don't i don't want them around homes or in homes without like a for overnights We've had to say no to sleepovers because of the family or the home that they're going to. And we know there are no rules and you will see things that we don't want you to see. You will hear things and watch things we don't want you to watch. So I know you want to go. Unfortunately, you can't. This is a home that they just say, hey, I love you. And if you're, I, I've heard this, this uh, and again, if you've said this, so be it, here we go. Well, I know they're going to do X, Y, Z, some bad thing. So I want to make sure that they do it in my home. My child, I listen, I know my 17 year old, he's going to drink and, have, and, and have, have alcohol. So as long as they do it under my roof, I'm fine. Oh, oh really? I, I had this said to me once and like a good husband I kept my mouth shut No I did not And I'm there with my wife I got the old fashioned shin kick from the wife <laughs> And I said You know what that makes a lot of sense right yeah. like, like your child's probably going to be intimate With their girlfriend and have a child And get pregnant But as long as it's in your house right Oh, and, and I got I think that might have been a double shin kick that day and, I, and it was this mentality of, well, they're going to do it, so as long as they just are safe. Oh, oh, oh. We can just be permissive of whatever they want to do with no rules. That's this home. They will do what I ask because I'm their friend, I'm their best friend. They're going to do it because they just want, they don't want to hurt me. And so we just want to be mutually friendly and nice to each other. That's this model of parenting where they don't ever say no the fear of this in this parenting mindset is this it has a mentality of, of, of fear the fear of being rejected by the child it's not being disrespected it's being rejected and, and, and no longer having your best friend so you don't want to do anything to jeopardize them possibly ever ever being frustrated or not like a decision you make so we'll just be best friends we'll be best friends with no consequences now if you notice something about these statements both of these these parenting models both of them are about you the parent it's not about the child it's about how parenting makes you feel Either I'm in charge, you respect me, or hey, we're just friends and so you can do whatever you want. As long as you're safe, then you you can make any decision you want. Now let's talk about the right way. Biblical parenting is this, discipline surrounded by love. This is what we would call honoring. It's not about being abusive or, or permissive, it's about honor. They will do what I ask because it's done in love and for their benefit. Even though they might not in the moment agree or like it, that is the decision we make because we love our kids and, and we want what's best for you. And what's best for you is not what you think is what's best for you. And so as the parent, we step in and make decisions on their behalf because they are children. I don't know if you know that. Your child is a child. And it is inappropriate. It is, it is insane and maddening to think that a child can make adult decisions. To expect a child to make adult decisions. Or even to think how you think. They don't think logically like you do. Just talk to a child for two minutes. You will see. They don't make sense. And so you, as the, as the parent, as the authority, as the one who does, who understands, who has more wisdom and experience, your job is to now parent, to discipline, but with love. This mentality also has a fear. This, is not, this fear is not being disrespected. It's not being rejected. This is the fear. This is my fear. I parent from this fear every day, the fear of losing the child's heart. My fear is that they will walk away or leave, or not want to be a part of the family. We, we say this all the time. My wife says this, I want to raise kids who are friends when they're adults. Not that don't want to be a part of the family. Our fear is that they leave the family and walk out. So we parent in a way to try to prevent that as best we can. Now, obedience to your parents needs to eventually end. Now let's get to the part where this is a little different. In fact, this commandment, you would think, you would think was written to children, but it wasn't. The 10 commandments were not given to children. They were given to Israel. And Moses comes down and he gives these 10 commandments to everyone and primarily, ready? You know who's there? Primarily adults, parents. He didn't, God didn't write down nine commandments for mom and dad and one for children. That all 10 commandments were written for you. Whatever age you are, whatever stage of life, they were written for you, so obedience eventually to your parents needs to end. it has to. otherwise it becomes unhealthy and you becomes enmeshed, and good luck marrying into that. If your spouse always wants to listen and obey their parents, even as they're older, that creates more tension and more struggle. So eventually, you as the child, obedience ends. Honoring doesn't, but obedience does. It's why the Bible says a, 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 a person will leave their mother and father and join with their spouse, that there's a leave and a cleave. I am leaving this, and I'm now starting a new family. So obedience has to end. Eventually, it does. It has to. But honoring, honoring doesn't. Adults honor their parents. Here we go, ready? By supporting them. Children honor their parents by obeying them. Adults, if you are, this is you in this category. Now let's talk about you. As much as you want this to be about your kids and your kids obeying what you want them to do, this really is now for you. It is about, as an adult, my job is to support my parents. And and not support how you think it is. It isn't support like, I'll support whatever the decision they make, even if they're bad decisions. No, that's not what we're talking about. Let's look at what Jesus, how Jesus clarifies this commandment. And this is interesting and it may be a, a passage that is certainly not well known, but let's look at Jesus speaking about this commandment. It says this in Matthew 15, Jesus brings us up with some Pharisees and what it looks like to, to break this commandment as an adult. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do, you, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. So they, they bring up, Jesus, like your guys don't do the ceremonial cleaning and washing of the hands before they eat. Why? Don't you know you're breaking the law? Jesus' response is totally out of left field because he knows what they're talking about. He uses this commandment as proof of how they're breaking the tradition themselves. So it says this, verse 3, Jesus replied, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? So he goes, All right, you're gonna accuse me. Let me let me comment about a commandment you guys break. Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? You break God's command because of your tradition. And here it is. Here's the example he gives. For God said, and he quotes now this commandment, honor your father and mother. And then in another place, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. So God says this, but you say, You, you Pharisees, this is what you do to break this commandment. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God. In in Mark, he gives a name for this. It's called Corbin. And it's devoting resources to God. And he says this, that you, you, instead of giving resources to help honor your father and mother, you... Devoted to God, and then it says this: they uh, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus, you nullify God's word for the sake of you, your tradition, you hypocrites. Here is what he's saying: they are to honor you are to honor your father and mother. And he says he brings up specifically. When people say, I have this, these resources and what's supposed to go to help honor my mother and father, I'm actually devoting to God. And so therefore, I am now freed up to not honor my mother and father with these resources. Do you know what he's talking about? Do you know how, what, he, what, he, what he links to this commandment? Here we go. I hope you're sitting down. He links your finances to helping support your parents' in their old age, as a way of fulfilling this commandment, of honoring your mother and your father. He says, if you don't, if you instead use that money and say, I'm gonna dedicate it to God and I'm gonna let my parents suffer, he says, you are breaking this commandment for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Ooh. Some of you, some of you have done this and you're uh, fantastic. I mean, selfless. that You, you take on I'm gonna, we got to take care of mom and dad. Why? I think because we're called to, to honor mom and dad, even in their old age. To honor mom and dad by 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 literally by literally sacrificing financial resources to help take care of, of them. Some of you have mom and dad, mom or dad, or maybe both, move in, and it's a, it's a, a sacrifice and a commitment. And and man, you are living out this commandment. Others of us, we struggle with this. And maybe we don't realize that, that honoring is a lifetime. And honoring your parents might mean, it might mean sacrificing some of your own personal comfort and lifestyle to honor and take care of mom and dad. Here's, here's how you, as we kind of wrap up here, here's how you, here's how you know like, how you should respond and how you should treat your parents as they, as they age. So, so if you're a child right now, great. You, you don't have to think about this. But one day, one day, maybe you do. If you are, you know, my age or older, so if you're, know, you're what, tw- 21, 22, or a little older, <clears throat> it's not that funny, guys. That was not, if you're older and you have kids of your own and your parents are maybe getting to an older age or maybe you're older and, and like they're aging and to the point where they need to, like we need to start making th- think decisions, like I'm not at that spot yet. So mom, if you're watching, you are, I'm not, trying to take care of you quite yet. Uh, But here's the deal. Some of us are in that phase where you need to think about what resources looks like. What does it look like to to, to make sure mom and dad are taken care of? And here's how you know what to do, ready? How How do you want your children to treat you when you are at an age where you maybe can't take care of yourself fully? How do you want your kids to treat you? How do you want them to interact with you? What kind of decisions do you hope they make with you? Whatever that is, whatever those decisions are, ready, that's how you treat your parents. Listen, when I if I'm ever at an age where maybe I'm I'm you know physically unable to to like live out my life, you know, as a as a supreme athlete and 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 things just happen to go downhill and I can't all right, I want my kids to like be around and say, all right, we're gonna help take care of mom and dad and it, whatever that means. And, and I, I don't want them to say, hey, that's your life, figure it out. I want them to be around. And if, and if, it, comes, like, if it comes down to like having to finance, I hope that never gets to this point where they have to financially support. Okay, like so be it. There are some things that I will not want them to do. Uh, I feel like I can always bathe myself no matter what happens. Hopefully, maybe, but how do I want my kids to treat me if I, when I'm at the age where I'm like, I can't do some of the same stuff that I used to do? All right, that's what I have to be willing to do with my parents if it comes down to it. If I get to a point where, where I'm, I need a place to stay and like, I would hope one of my kids would say, hey, we got a room for your dad. So just, you just tell us when and we'll, all right. I hope then that I can say the same thing to my parents. Now, As we wrap up here, parent to child. Um, How do we honor? Parent to child. It starts with honoring your children to calling out honor and dishonor to teach honor and and the consequences of dishonoring behavior. Child to parent. Ready? If you're you're living in the home, here's what you do. Here's, Here's your challenge today. Find out what honors mom, what honors dad, and do that. And do that. What would I know? I know mom would love if we or I did this. I know dad would really appreciate and feel loved and respected if we did or I did this. All right, what is that thing? You get to do that. Some of us, you have, um, maybe you're at an age where your parents are no longer with us. They passed on. All right. How do you honor mom and dad? Because you're still called to honor. Ready? You honor them in your memory of them. You honor them in how you speak about them. And ready for this? Some of you, here we go. Some of you need to honor your parents by forgiving them. How you honor them is actually how you remind and remember them and and how you think of them when their name comes to mind. All right. And, and, And forgiveness is not because anyone deserves it. You don't deserve forgiveness. That's not why you're forgiven. Forgiveness is purely out of grace. Forgiveness is about you releasing the bitterness you have maybe towards your parents. So honoring your parents might mean forgiving them. And if they're still alive and, and, and there's, there's a barrier, a distance, it might mean for you. Honoring mom and dad might look like forgiving them. Not because they deserve it. Not because it will fix anything but because I think I'm called to forgive just as God has forgiven me. I think that's in the Bible. I think that's a verse that God expects us to do. If you have grandkids, guess what you got to do? You got to teach them honor. What honoring looks like. The consequences of dishonor. So, will you stand with me? We're going to worship the Lord here together. As we, as we remember... How your family, whatever your family looks like, how your family practices honor will determine the kind of family you have. And if, and if you're single and you're looking forward to family and you're like still waiting for that moment, you get to decide right now, all right, my family is going to be centered around honor. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. And we also, I also acknowledge that with this many people that that families are messy. And there's no one easy answer that fits all. There's no one size that fits all with the parenting and relationships, and every relationship is unique and different. Yet every relationship you've called us to honor, to experience and practice and give honor to those around us. Help us to make our families focused and centered. Around honoring you and honoring each other. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.